every tracks around the world have to deal with the stresses and strains of Formula One cars. The engines can redline, turning the tyres so fast that the vehicles can launch from a standing start, up to 100 kilometres per hour in a little over two seconds. And then these incredible machines can break from 200 kilometres per hour down to a total stop in a little under three seconds. The forces the road has to survive means that it has to be made of special materials. High-performance polymer binders have been used in Grand Prix tracks around the world. When the operators of the Hockenheim track in Germany rebuilt the course in 2002, they chose to use Shell Bitumen's Carafault binder, developed to strict racing conditions at a nearby facility. It has since been used at tracks including Sepang in Malaysia, Sakir in Bahrain, Marina Bay in Singapore and Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi. As well as at airports as far afield as Frankfurt and Singapore, Heathrow and Phnom Penh. But high-performance materials like this aren't confined to racetracks and runways. We might not all recognise a concrete paved road when we see it. But we likely do when we hear it. That constant rumble due to the rough surface of the concrete and the rhythmic sound of tyres crossing the joints between the slabs. Even on a road with a surface layer above the concrete, that rhythmic noise can be caused by cracks that are reflected up into the surface layer from the joints in the paving layer below. Tarmac's Sami Ultilair uses the flexibility of high-performance binders, like Carafeld, to absorb stress and reduce or eliminate cracking on the road surface. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. For this episode, we have partnered with Tarmac to look at how high-performance binders are being proven as a sustainable way to prevent cracking in paved roads. The high-performance binders are used in a SAMI. That's a stress-absorbing membrane interlayer. Which is laid in between the lower layers of the road and its running surface. Its strength and flexibility allows it to absorb stresses from movements in the lower layer and prevent them passing to the surface. In 2015, Tarmac collaborated with Nottingham University to better understand cracking on concrete paved roads. They agreed it was a significant issue. Together, they made improvements to the design of materials used in products like Tarmac's Sami Ultilayer. And created a crack development model to predict the performance of different solutions. One key feature of SAMI is undoubtedly the ability of the binder to absorb movement. With this in mind, Tarmac turned to Shell, an expert in binders, as Shell Bitumen's Connor Campbell explains. Shell initially piloted um, what we call the crack relief layer, which is essentially a SAMI in China, and it was developed under the trademark Strata. It was a, a patent that we held for, for a number of years, and since 2000, I think it was 2006, we've laid over 2,000 kilometres of highways using uh, a SAMI with Carafelt dense mixture and they performed incredibly well. Carafelt isn't just used in SAMI roads, it's used more generally wherever a road might be subject to conditions that call for greater strength or flexibility. So it's designed for more close-graded or dense asphalt applications, um, which SAMI falls under. It's a very um, low-void content, uh, dense 
uh, asphalt type uh, and the polymer modified bitumen that we designed fits well with that type of aggregate gradient and asphalt design. We so buy a lot of, of what we call conventional or penetration grade bitumen and that's essentially um, straight run bitumen that comes from a refinery. We might you know, check or, or modify with other bitumens for viscosity, but that's, that's purely it. There's no additives or other modifiers in there. When we look at polymer modified bitumen, we can use a range of different polymers at different um, concentrations to enhance the properties of the road, primarily around uh, resistance to thermal creep at high temperatures and also um, to give more flexibility at lower temperatures to prevent cracking. In the UK, products like this are one solution to the problem of cracks in the surface layer of concrete paved roads. Roads in the UK have been laid in three main ways, says Tarmac's David Markham. There are various types of pavements we have in the UK. There, there's fully flexible, which are all asphalt pavements, uh, which don't self-crack, if you like. Um, then we've got flexible composite pavements where part of the structural element, the, the structural base is a cement-bound material, which you pre-crack, you induce a crack into to, to control subsequent um, reflective cracking. And then we've got proper, what I call proper concrete pavements, which are jointed in, in most cases, but not always, jointed concrete. Um, so at the time of construction, there is a, a, a joint in there. Uh, and those joints are, I, I guess, partly for construction purposes, but they're also to accommodate thermal movement that you get. Historically, concrete paving was used in the UK where there was a ready supply of suitable materials. In many ways, it is a perfectly sensible approach, reducing movement of materials around the country. You can drive um, perfectly safely on concrete pavements, but people tend not to like them because they are quite noisy. Um, you'll certainly know if you've got a, a concrete road round you. People like to overlay them with asphalt, to, particularly to control noise, because we can very um, significantly reduce the noise on uh, a jointed concrete pavement by overlaying it with asphalt. And concrete paved roads surfaced with asphalt are prone to a problem called reflective cracking. These sort of concrete slabs, if you like to view them as that, they expand and contract as the temperature goes up and down. And those, albeit they're very small movements that you get, pull the, the pavement um, apart and then uh, back, back together as this cycles thermally uh, through day and day and night and through the seasons. And it's that, that movement that partly contributes to any asphalt that's over the top of them being stressed and eventually cracking. And when heavy vehicles travel on these roads, yet more stress is added. If there's a joint, a pronounced joint in, in the concrete slab, the structural part of the pavement, then as a, a heavy goods vehicle tire moves from one slab to the other, so you've got this discontinuity of, of um, vertical load and you inevitably, you have to get some movement at that um, joint. So traffic-induced movement can also contribute to this, this overall stressing of asphalt, which eventually causes it to reflective crack. As Markham says, a noisy cracked road isn't very pleasant to drive on. But the problems caused by cracks can go deeper. Firstly, it'll let water in and water 
into any sort of construction material, including highway pavements, is, is never a good idea. We, we spent a, a lot of time learning that the hard way in the UK and then doing as much as we can to prevent water from entering all different types of, of, of pavements. And you'll start to um, get fretting eventually. So you'll never get a, a perfectly clean crack and the asphalt will start to unravel slowly from that point. So once that crack forms, you're, you're on a sort of slope down to eventual failure. Once a concrete paved road is showing cracks in its surface layer, highway owners should consider repairs. The challenge is to find a way to do so that reduces materials used and the cost of installation. This was the case for Norfolk County Council more than a decade ago, when it became clear that cracks were forming on the surface of the A140 near Dis. The council decided to work with its testing facility at Norse Group to assess different approaches to repairing roads like this. Simon Shearwood is a senior engineer, focusing on pavements and surfaces at the laboratory, which is an independent body, wholly owned by the council. On the A140, near this on the Norfolk Suffolk border, we have a dual carriageway, which is three and a half kilometres long. The dual carriageway is a continuously reinforced concrete pavement. The pavement was deteriorating quite quickly, sometimes overnight, large punch-outs were happening. So uh, we were having a lot of problems with this uh, pavement. The Norfolk team considered three approaches. Completely replacing the asphalt and the pavement below, using a material called Geogrid, and using a SAMI layer. If we were to take the, the concrete road up, it couldn't control the costs. So we had a limited budget. When we started looking at how we could take the road up and start again, the actual breaking up the concrete, the removal of the reinforcement within the concrete, etc., the cost became uncontrollable. A budget-conscious local authority couldn't accept the risk of costs spiralling as contractors dug up the old road, including the concrete paving below. So, how about Geogrid? That's a layer of manufactured material which is laid on top of the concrete paving from a roll, somewhat like wallpaper. It requires different equipment and different contractors to a standard asphalt road. We looked at grids as well. But to use grids would mean a third party coming in as well. So if the asphalt supplier was there, they would have to stand while the grids were laid and then the asphalt supplier could lay over the grid. So there was uh, delay times. And the challenges geogrid approaches pose don't end at installation. They can come back years or decades later when the geogrid road needs to be replaced, says Tarmax Markham. As an asphalt producer, we don't like anything coming back in for us to recycle that isn't just purely asphalt. We don't like bits of fibre and detector loops and uh, things that can come up from a road that aren't basically stone and bitumen because that's what we have to supply back out as, as fresh asphalt is stone and bitumen. And if there are other things in there, from, from our perspective, we don't want them. The ideal solution then is one which preserves as much of the road as possible. That can be laid using the same equipment as the rest of the road surface. And can later be recovered and reused without any materials being planed up along with the stone and bitumen. The initial benefit Shearwood saw in using Tarmac's Sami Altilaire was that it required no additional equipment or contractors. We have a 25mm Sami, and above that we have nearly 175mm more of asphalt on top of that. 
So it has a whole life cost in there. The, the pavement itself, you know, to get back to the sand and down to the concrete, we'd have to take all that off again if we uh, want to start from scratch again. So there's a lot of material there and a lot of expensive material there. So the long-term view is that that Sammy is there for life. It's, it's working for a long, long while. The only uh, treatment we would have to do is for the surface course. Recently, Shearwood returned to the site and inspected the road. Myself, Tarmac and a representative from National Highways actually went to look at it about six months ago. Uh, we walked the whole length and predominantly it's looking like it was brand new. It didn't show signs of cracking after 12 years. Now, that's quite good. Oh, no, no, I, I'll rephrase that. That's very good. We, we, we've invested a lot of money and we've get, we're getting returned. But sometimes, sometimes you have to invest the money up front to get the longevity in the return and we're, we're getting that at the moment. On this project, and on those in China, the aim was to extend the lifetime of roads as long as possible. By using SAMI and a thick surface layer with its own high-performance modified binders, it's possible to resurface a concrete paved road or build a new highway network that will last for decades, with only minimal resurfacing work needed. But part of the beauty of SAMIs is that they can be used to protect a relatively thin surface layer from reflective cracking. The SAMI layer, of course, isn't constructed purely out of binder. The selection of materials used by an asphalt producer like Tarmac is also key to the layer's ability to absorb stress without needing to be laid thick. So it's a, a generally a, a washed crushed rock finds, which is a material, so that's a sort of a four mil down dust, if you like, uh, from hard stone. So you crush proper aggregate. It's not, it's not a sand-based uh, material. It's crushed rock based. Uh, we generally wash it because that's gives you the best control over the, the the final product and allows us to add limestone filler. And then a high proportion of a high performance polymer modified binder as well. So it's got three components, if you like. It's designed to be laid quite thin, um, which is why we use a, a dust material, a sort of four or five mil aggregate size material. The science of cracking is complicated. As Markham points out, it's the stuff of PhD theses. But a general pattern can be seen. The highest performance, the, the highest stress point is right next to the concrete and that's where you want a, a really flexible material that can accommodate the, the movement that's been forced onto the asphalt by the concrete that's underneath. As the SAMI can be laid in a thin layer, flexing with the concrete below and absorbing stresses without them reflecting up into the surface. It can reduce the overall thickness of the road. This makes it ideal for resurfacing old roads and preventing cracks in the future. Where you, where you get the real benefit of these materials is if you want to overlay something, but the thickness that you can use is, is constrained. Now that might be because, for example, of structures, so if you're going underneath a whole series of bridges, you can't lay a thick layer of asphalt because that would remove the, the headroom underneath the structures for heavy goods vehicles. And similarly, if you've got concrete barrier down the center of a road or your drainage is all set up, you can't necessarily put a thick layer of asphalt on, on top. The SAMIs are generally laid quite thin and the one that, that we've developed and the one that Tarmac use is generally laid at 25 millimetres, 2.5 centimetres 
um, over concrete or over a difficult um, sub-base to work with. Um, so very, very, very thin with quite a high bitumen or binder content compared to a conventional road. So most um, typical uh, asphalt designs will have four or five, maybe 6% bitumen, um, but we've got a lot more, uh, almost double in a, in a semi. On some roads, using a semi-layer allows for highway owners to reduce future resurfacing work without interfering with existing road features. But it also has clear environmental benefits. As Markham explained, using standard asphalt materials rather than a geogrid allows for road surfaces to be easily recovered and reused. Reuse is only one element of sustainability. Equally important is reducing the use of natural resources. And Sami contributes to that. So the beauty of this is that you can put down 25 mil of Sami and then just a surface course on top. And we've done that. There are examples that we're continuing to monitor on the network that have been down for on relatively heavily trafficked roads for um, for a very long time now. Uh, they're they're um, really performing uh, well. Making the most of a material like Ultilair Sami isn't a routine process, says Shells Campbell. The design is much more sensitive than a conventional asphalt mix. The volumetrics are very important. So choosing the right uh, modified binder and getting the right type of aggregate, the right grading of aggregate and the right mix of the two is key to getting that performance. It takes careful testing of the materials properties. And close collaboration between Tarmac and its customers to determine the best mix and thickness of materials. We go through a very careful design process with Altilair Sami to make sure that we understand its deformation resistance properties. And we will tailor that to the sites that we lay Altilair Sami on. But it does need some joint thinking between Tarmac and, and the road owner in terms of the site, the, the stress levels that are on it, and then and then choosing the right combination of um, constituents to get the right level of performance. In Norfolk, there are few, if any, concrete paved roads left in need of treatment. But the insights from Norse Group's testing can be drawn on by road owners across the country. We have uh, less concrete roads than some authorities. Places like Suffolk and Essex have a lot more concrete roads. You know, the home counties around London, even some London boroughs, have a lot of uh, concrete roads. You're often limited as well on concrete roads with thresholds, so you have curb heights. You're limited what you can put on top of the road, so I can imagine in urban areas it could be possibly laid at thinner depths, and I believe Tarmac have done that in places. Indeed, Tarmac has been working closely with the UK's national highways to assess the viability of using SAMI across the network's concrete paved roads. There's one that we've continued to monitor with um, national highways. It's on their, it's on the strategic road network, where as part of a larger jointed concrete overlay, which had come to the end of its life, um, it needed treatment. They had the foresight to include in that a number of trial panels. So as well as the, the sort of conventional solution, they had some low, lower grade treatments, which were really meant to to crack early, I think, as, as well as geogrids, uh, sections with geogrids and section with uh, what was essentially Altilayer Sami. And they've continued to monitor 
them um, for uh, performance to, to s- see when they start to crack and how much cracking there is in in each of those test panels. I, I'd say it's it's the best. Um, it's the the only the only sections not to have um, some cracking evident. Uh, it was good because the, the, the control sections with the lowest performance overlay, the sort of very conventional solutions, went first. But those including multi-layer SAMI, uh, I think, had yet to develop any reflective um, cracks at all. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode is written by Will North. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. Sound engineering and series supervision by John Young. And our own stress-resistant support is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Tarmac, and to our guests from Norse Group and Shell Bitumen. Thank you for listening. You can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And don't forget to check out our website and sign up to our newsletter for the latest engineering announcements and developments from around the world.